It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome. Welcome back. It is Monday. It is May 10th. And at the time of this recording, it is currently 8.50 a.m. This is Mike Up from the Charleston Activist Network. This is an unapologetic, low-country-based podcast, and it's hosted by yours truly, me, Mika Gadsden. Um, and yeah, leaning into providing you with more of a regular presence via podcast as I take just a small teeny weeny hiatus from my twitch live streams and let me tell you something i miss y'all just as much as you all may miss me shout out to everyone who sent me a text message a dm inquiring about the broadcast inquiring on how you can support the the broadcast and help it come back I super, super appreciate all of the sentiments from people who watch at the Twitch live stream every morning from 7.30 to 8.30-ish, right? Um, but until I, until that's rectified and we, we you know, sort out those issues, um, I'm going to be right here in this podcast space, okay? Um, the good news is that the internet connectivity was an issue and it looks like um, both where I live, the complex and the actual internet provider, they have been made well aware of the issues with connectivity uh, and uh, it looks like they've been working on it. So I will I will be logging performance on my end to see if it's consistent. And once I get a little bit, once I feel a little bit better about the internet and, and I keep an eye out for glitches and drops. Um, you know, once once I feel a little bit better, perhaps I'll hop back on. Um, the other piece is that uh, I do need new equipment for the live stream. And so hopefully we'll be launching a very fun um, a fund fundraiser to help for people who are invested in Mic'd Up, who want to see Mic'd Up on Twitch, uh, who want to continue to support that type of content. Hopefully that's a way for you all to um, support. So you can either do that. You can you can join Patreon, which is always welcome. Shout out to all of my Patreon subscribers, especially the new ones. Hey, love you for real. It is not something that I take for granted. And um, so you can you can support that way. Um, and then I got something special for my Patreon subscribers because they've been holding me down solidly for a, a minute. <laughs> so I've got something planned for them. Um, but, um, you can support, you can look at the show notes and you can see the, um, ways you can support me directly, which will go right back into this podcast, which will go back into this content. Right. All right. So that's the housekeeping out of the way. So yesterday was mother's day. Uh, and I tried to do my best to spend my, my day, the large portion of my day with my mom, which was fun. Um, and my dad as well. And uh, hopefully if you all observe Mother's Day or if that's something you are into, for those of you who are into Mother's Day and did support it or rather who did celebrate it, I hope you had a restful Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, Sunday. Um, I did as well. But of course, I kept, you know, as I'm finishing up with mom, um, I made my way back home in the evening and caught up on the news. And yeah, a lot of the news a lot of the news at, at all at once sounded eerily reminiscent to that time period following the 08 crash and it felt foreboding and a little 
yeah, left me a little down in the dumps. And so I'm going to play a quick little montage of some headlines that caught my attention, headlines that impact us here um, in South Carolina. So just, just take a listen to this sound. The shutdown hasn't yet impacted gas prices, but it could. Could end up jumping 30 cents as a result. Prices are already up 6 cents in the last two weeks. And we looked into what we're paying in the low country. According to gas prices. Who are behind on their payments, who are behind on their utility bills, and uh, we hope to sort of meet them as quickly as possible. To receive the benefits, you have to meet one of three criteria qualified for unemployment or experienced a reduction in household income or financial hardships directly or indirectly due to COVID 19, can demonstrate a risk of experiencing homelessness or housing instability, or have still getting unemployment benefits. But South Carolina's governor wants to change that in his state. Fox 46's Brett Baldick is here this morning with his call to drop a federal program for people who lost their jobs. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Jason. Governor Henry McMaster is ordering South Carolina labor officials to end federally enhanced unemployment benefits. So the three clips you heard, um, one was from WCBD, one was from WLTX 19 out of Columbia, and the last one um, was from Fox 46, which is a Charlotte news affiliate, Fox news affiliate uh, that covers both, of course, given, you know, Charlotte and and the South Carolina area, like the Rock Hill area. And so um, that second clip was about, um, was in regards to a rental uh, benefit for renters. Um, so uh, some some way to subsidize that cost, like in case you didn't hear the first couple of words uh, in that second clip, they were speaking directly uh, about, uh, speaking directly to and about uh, renters who uh, are in need of assistance here. And so, um, all three of those clips, those are just three of the many things I probably could have shared with you. But um, a lot of these things gave me pause. We know about the ransomware attack um, on our on our gas supply that's impacting us. So that will also add to the whole gas issue. Uh, folks are still grappling and, and, and coming back from COVID-19. And we have a governor who is hell-bent on um, refusing any money, refusing any assistance that looks like an entitlement. And, you know, entitlement is a bad word, right? Until it's like, you know, it's really funny. We don't look at Social Security the same way we look at <laughs> things like um, some sort of unemployment benefit. That was that was scheduled to end in a few months. Um, uh, so you hear that news and, and um, the gas shortages, the, the rental assistance need, uh, and now our, our governor uh, take, you know, pulling the rug from beneath the feet of, of so many other uh, residents who are trying to figure things out. And, um, you know, if, if I, I can only imagine I'm, I'm not a woman that is a mother. Uh, I am unmarried as well. Um, but I have family, right? And <laughs> I have friends. Uh, and, you know, I've asked this question of everyone, people that who I know who are receiving some sort of unemployment benefit, uh, who are parents, uh, not just here in South Carolina either. I've, I've really tried to understand what families may be going through right now. And it's just really not a clear cut answer. If you watched uh, one of my Twitch live streams in the, in the previous two weeks, you'll, you'll remember that I spoke with Hannah Raskin, who is uh, the food reporter for the Post and Courier. Um, she is an award-winning food journalist. And uh, I, I picked her brain about, hey, why do you think folks aren't returning to hospitality or food and bev in droves, even when these employers have, you know, upped the, uh, the wages and on all that? 
and she gave me a myriad of responses. And while food and bev and hospitality is just one sector of life here in um, in the state of South Carolina, um, I, I think given the her various responses or her various answers or things she think may have um, attributed to this shortage in in staff staffing um, it, it, to me it, it it helped me see the complexity of this issue and her answer was not unlike the answers I received from so many different people in my life who are again grappling with the vestiges of COVID-19's devastating impacts on the economy, on schools, on childcare. And um, I just want to invite anyone listening to this podcast. Um, I, first, I want to acknowledge your fears and anxiety around these issues. If you are a parent and you are making really tough decisions uh, about how your kids can safely return to school, I, I want to just say that I hear you or I feel you and I'm, I'm, I'm extraordinarily empathetic. Um, if you are someone who whose unemployment situation is in flux and perhaps your compensation isn't what it used to be, maybe you're piecemealing opportunities together and things are just really tough. I also want to just acknowledge and validate your fears and concerns. Um, if you're someone who's dealing with childcare costs, you know, um, I, I want to center those concerns as well. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I really don't, I want us to engage the media, engage a lot of these stories about COVID or coming out of COVID or repairing communities post COVID. Um, it's a lot of tough news to listen to, to read, to watch. And I want you to know that you're not alone. And um, I hope this is an instance where we see folks start to band together. I've seen it, especially with folks, I would say the more conscious uh, folks in the restaurant industry. I've seen some amaz amazing innovation and um, so shows of solidarity, showings of solidarity uh, within the, the restaurant industry. And um, I know that communities can band together and we can shut out some of the, the noise and, and shut out some of the partisan posturing and, and sloganeering. And hopefully we can see one another and acknowledge the pain that we all feel. So I want to validate the concerns, I think. Um, and I just felt compelled to not just break down. Oh, this is bad. This is good. McMaster's up to no, you know, up to his old shenanigans instead of me possibly adding an accelerant to that. I just want to really have this podcast episode serve as an acknowledgement of what so many families are contending with right now. And I also want you to do this. Now, this is what I do want you to do, right? If you're wringing your hands and you're filled with a bit of despair, which is super understandable, I want you to acknowledge that. I want you to sit and sit in that. And I want you to just work your way through that at your own pace. But when you get that moment where you're ready to move and act and do something, I want you to take those concerns. I want you to reflect on your experience over the past year, right? And I want you to start formulating some, some priorities for yourself and for your family and for your community. I want you to um, then take those concerns and start engaging candidates running for office, people who are vying for your vote, people who um, have initiatives and are rolling out big policies, right? I want you to engage them and let them know what's going on. You know, all too often, I think savvy politicians are able to concoct this image of, hey, I want to 
I want to talk about kitchen table issues, right? <laughs> um, you know, this is what the moms and, and, and that I've met, this is what they're talking about. That's cool. And it makes a, it makes for a great ad. But this is your time to now to table those kitchen table issues to bring these up to those who are vying for your vote. Um, I think it's important that you reach out to a Joe Cunningham, whether you do it literally <laughs> at a at a brewery, because he's go God knows he's going to be at at a brewery near you in, in a matter of moments. I'm sure. <laughs> um, well, whether it's in person or whether it's uh, via perhaps a town hall or any other type of uh, political engagement. I don't know, activity he might come up with him and his team, you know, talk to him about your fears and anxieties around the economy. Talk to him about the, the issues that you specifically have been dealing with, whether it's childcare, whether it's, um, you know, affordable housing, talk about those issues. If you're if not, and, and I want, reason why I'm saying that is because I've seen candidates, not just Cunningham, right? I'm just using him because he's very visible and he's at the top of my mind. But Crystal Simmons is excuse me, Crystal Matthews as well, right? That's another person you should you should talk to. You should you should be sending um, messages and emails to Tim Scott to Lindsey Graham. You should be talking to your local council person. Like if anything, let's get hyper local, right? Um, you know, a reason why I'm saying this is because I think that they can. The, this this state especially, the candidates running for office tend to. Um, spend more time focusing on the job sector and on industry and not on individuals. And it's about time that we're seeing that people are not flocking back to these jobs. And I, and I'm more interested in having a conversation as to why, like, why aren't they running back? Are there benefits? Is there childcare options? Is childcare more affordable? Has housing become more affordable? These are things that I think are, are, are adding to this um, complex issue. And it's time for constituents, it's time for prospective voters to start tabling their issues and start making it very known, well known, what what it is that they need and want. It's time to make these these people who are more interested in courting the dollars that come from certain interests and certain manufacturers, right? It's time for them to start saying, you know what? Hey, Boeing, hey, Volvo, hey, Restaurant X, you know, hey, Chamber of Commerce, whatever. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's time for folks to start saying this is why folks aren't trying to settle for shitty wages and shitty benefits. Right. I, I think it's time for us to, to reclaim that narrative and not let our issues become fodder for political ads, but rather these politicians need to make these issues part of their policy. This is where this is where the partisan BS can take a back seat, right? So whether you identify with a lot of my progressive sentiments or or, or ideas or not, I, I think that the fact still remains is that people have issues that don't fall across, fall align, um, excuse me, fall, fall along partisan lines. And it's time for us to get super, super vocal about issues that impact us here directly. And that's why I really urge you all to start reaching out to your elected council person. And I know, look, and I know, I know some of them are not responsive. Some of them respond, but they respond with form letters and empty rhetoric. I know, but you have to keep trying to get their attention. You have to keep working toward letting them know what the issues are. Um, so I, I, I want to, I want to just tell folks that I, I feel, I feel a lot of the anxiety. I've had a lot of this anxiety. My parents who are on fixed incomes, they have a lot of anxiety around um, some of these issues and you're not alone. 
work through it, sit through it. You don't have to rush to feel better about things or feel more certain about things because there is still a lot of uncertainty, but I want you to eventually figure out a way to start communicating some of these issues and some of this worry and fear to people who are saying that they have the solution to make your life better. If that makes any sense. Um, so, uh, yeah. And on top of that, of course, June 1st is around the corner, right? And hurricane season is about to start. So on top of everything else, um, and I, I really am praying that we have an uneventful hurricane season, much like last year. Um, but yeah, it's a lot to balance. And so I just wanted to tell people I hear you. Um, and keep reading that, keep reading that newspaper, y'all. Make sure you keep, you know, whipping out that library card using um, databases such as uh, NewsBank to access your news. But also take a break. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a break. Right? Um, if I may, if I may, um, I want to switch gears a little bit. So I was thinking about, again, media, right? And how headlines that are, fear driven and headlines that are you know really salacious sometimes dramatic um can sometimes you know it it can get my attention and um that's what prompted me to start this podcast and talk about hey how about we engage a little bit differently with our news how about we take the information that 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 we that resonates with us most and and we use that to to become more politically activated or at least to reach out to elected officials um so again, I started the podcast with that and I started thinking about like how things are designed to, uh, invoke, uh, things are designed to provoke certain feelings. And it just occurred to me on Saturday morning, I, I, I was, um, someone tweeted at me, someone who I would never, ever, ever expect to see tweet at me tweeted at me and it and it was it, it it Saturday marked Saturday and yesterday marked one year since the whole southern charm fiasco which I don't think I did a dedicated episode um about that whole thing and I resisted it I tried to I wanted to do something and and never did I might I may have spoken on it I'm not sure but I now I have the clarity of one year behind me you're like Mika what are you talking about you just talked about the news and and provocation what are you talking about I'm talking I'm 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 trying to thread the needle so taking a break from media also for me um means sometimes taking a break from social media and not some big announce, I'm taking a break, I'm taking a cleanse, I'm letting y'all know. It's not that, right? New year, new me. <laughs> it's not anything uh, that's it's like a resolution or anything like that. Um, but there's times where I take a break and nothing reminded me more that I need to take breaks from this thing called social media than getting mentioned by this person. And, of co- and what I'm trying to allude to is that this person um, was a key cast member on Southern Charm. This person's also, from what I read, from what I've been following for a few years, a convicted sex offender. Um, And of course, because this person has a prominent last name and I'm not going to mention their last name, this person um, comes from me, from, from a lot, you know, wealth and means. Um, He, uh, he was able to skate. He was able to avoid harsh penalty. And um, not only that, 
this person his and his blue check and his status I'm, I'm I would argue is still intact right his robust following on social media and I realized that when this person added me oh it's a year later and um it just it just really reinforced the fact that I know that social media not all not 100% I'm not I'm not speaking in absolutes but that most social media is designed to to agitate to make you angry most social media is designed to get a get a response and had i understood that more more last year i wouldn't have engaged the whole southern charm fiasco let me call it what it is excuse me the southern charm uh, uh race uh scandal where i was likened to a monkey for for weighing in on a bullshit maga boat parade and uh the unfair treatment of women of color in mount pleasant by the boutique owning glitterati <clears throat> who are also MAGA sycophants. Um, that's the long, <laughs> long way I call, the long way I describe it. Um, if I'd known what I know now, if I'd known that last year, I would have engaged that whole issue differently. And I, I, all I want to do, without getting into too many specifics about the whole Twitter thing, because um, that person will be blocked, I saw this person trying to commodify my rage. And it's almost... Um, formulaic uh scheduled lined up with perhaps production and I, I i definitely want you all to be aware of that when you are not just engaging um i, I know I, again i'm talking about the media and this is very different whether while i do think the media is especially especially legacy media is trying to maintain its relevance and um trying to 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 vie for folks attention and compete with so many different forces on social media i do think media legacy media even um can mimic some of the shenanigans we see um, around celebrity culture around reality tv show culture and all of that stuff right um i do i think that there's sometimes that the news acts just like a gossip rag acts just like an entertainment tonight or um an extra or you know you, you name the the gossip rag you know us weekly or whatever um yeah there's times where our local news can do that you know to just try to either create clickbait or um a, a splashy headline uh, to get you to to grab a copy at the perhaps at the shell station i don't know post and courier seems hell-bent on not <laughs> not being uh that type of publication they ain't trying to sell papers at all <laughs> not even with like real legitimate news um but yeah i i just want you all to know that i've learned so much from last year and as this person tried to in the middle of the early early one saturday morning looks like tried to just poke me and get me engaged in this this thing again and to like just rehash old harm um i'm reminded that i am bigger than um the bullshit i'm i'm reminded that i am more than just a controversy um and while while i did see uh, a ramp up in eyes on my page while I did see increased traffic on my platforms, um, I now know that a lot of people were, were, were tuning in to watch a train wreck. And I r realized also that people were invested in the train wreck. And um, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't have much help um, handling it from my perspective. Um, I didn't get a lawyer. 
I didn't, I, I didn't feel it, it rose to that that level. Um, I was accused of liking a tweet, which I never did. And it took me weeks, probably over a month to realize people don't know how to read Twitter. So they, someone replied to a tweet of mine and it included my name. And so um, publications like Fitz News ran with a story saying that I liked a tweet that um, that supported terroristic threats, which I didn't. Again, Fitz News still has that thumbnail on that on that story and it's inaccurate people don't understand how twitter works you can reply to somebody with the most heinous um vicious um you know you can reply to anything unless i put certain parameters on that and even to this day people think that i like the tweet about something terroristic and i didn't you just don't know how to read the internet and it's okay <laughs> it's not okay but it's okay that you're, you know, you're illiterate when it comes to things like that. Um, but I just realized that people are really um, invested in seeing my hair on fire and seeing me outrage. And I noticed too that the less outrage I give people, the more maybe um, when I get a little laughy and jokey about things, um, people who, who really like me as a person, who know me personally, they like that content. But the people who want to see the black girl hair on fire, they, they've they've largely abandoned my platform because I'm not giving them that. And um, I'll no longer let anyone uh, traffic in my in my despair. And I will no longer let any entity. I don't care how popular the show is. I don't care if that black blogger who signed up to be on the show gets 40,000 more followers off of my pain. I don't care if the Greek freak and his wife, Megan, are able to just, you know, take a bunch of taxpayer sponsored trips um, following this disaster for signing up to to be complicit. Uh, in in this mess you know and I'm saying black people's names intentionally because that really that hurt me more than a white woman likening me to a monkey it hurt to see black women sign up to capitalize off that and and what they did in turn was they now they also profited off of my pain and turmoil and and all of the all of the things that came my way and um there were feelings of abandonment in that whole situation um, there were people trying to broker peace. And again, it's interesting that the person who was harmed is asked to be more peaceful with the people who are causing the harm. And that hurt my feelings to see black women try to do that and paint me as a bully um, because I stood up against the black people who were participating in my in my demise and participating in, in the harm that I was experiencing. Um, I dealt with a lot of, you know, and I lost a lot of friends. I lost, I lost a lot of, uh, relationships after that. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I just knowing and looking back, just a quick little thought on that. I just want to offer that up. It's just like, yeah, I've learned a lot and I've learned that, you know, um, not always like creating our own platforms and, and retreating to the solace of our own like community. I don't always think that's a good thing to become more isolated and, and to retreat to, to the, the confines of a silo, right. Um, or echo chamber, if, if you will. Um, but I will say that um, I'm all in for creating spaces of um, rigorous debate um, I really want to, whether it's Twitch, whether it's this podcast, I want to elevate the level of discourse around things like race, around how we choose, how we choose to uh, deal with race here and, and not just here in the low country, but of course, um, throughout this, this country, but specifically here in the South, in the black belt, <clears throat> pardon me, 
I'm interested in creating a platform where, hey, if someone doesn't agree with me, let's talk about it. If that person has a cogent political point of view, not some bullshit white nationalist, right? I'm like, I'm not sitting down talking with Corey uh, Allen uh, or Tyler Bessinger. Like, I'm, I'm never sitting down with them because they don't even acknowledge my humanity. Um, but yeah, um, I, I really want to have a, I'm interested in having good faith conversations about race um, and about how it's perceived in the media. And I think I look forward to having those conversations and about how profitable it is to be a bigot, right? So there's stories that are been recently, I, I, I mentioned this to, to you all either here or on Twitch that I, every so often, maybe like once a month, maybe once every three months, sometimes it's really random. I'll Google my name to see if I made it to any type of publication. And I did it this morning and I saw this story, this really flattering story about Catherine Dennis, the woman who called me or likened me to a monkey. Um, I saw a story about, you know, she and she has a new face, y'all. Y'all know I already did a breakdown the Saturday morning goofy shit. I did it on Twitch. She's got a new face, she's got a new waist, she got a new hair color, a new cut, new colorist, everything, right? And her calling me a monkey was all about her redemption arc. Not that she apologized or that she was contrite or showed true contrition. No, we made, they made it a storyline, a story arc. And the piece that I Googled that had my name featured in it was published, I think a couple of weeks ago. And it said that, and it said something in it and it, and it just encapsulated what I wanted to share on this podcast. It said, you know, she's, she's coming out. Things are brighter for Catherine. <laughs> As if she was owed a, a a nice fairy tale ending. As if she was. As if she she earned, you know, the good that's coming her way, the the, the increased exposure and visibility, and and, and it, you know the the again the the aesthetic. I cannot let y'all y'all. The girls glow up is real, right? The girls glow up is real. Her surgeon and her stylists, they they did work. They did it. And I, and I don't care how that sounds. It's the truth. Y'all know it. Come on. It's Charleston. Hello. Hello. O'Neal plastic surgery. Shout out Kia. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just like this woman has now they've written this nice. And this is this is what I was afraid of. And I, I didn't realize how much I was caught up in the um, I was helping in some ways, helping this woman uh, redeem herself. Um you know, there was no, I refused to, to, you know, I didn't give any permissions to have my light, my name or anything mentioned on the show. Um, I've cut ties with the black people who willingly, the black and brown people who willingly signed up for that show to be a part of it. Um, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have fought the way I did before. I wouldn't have fought the way I did before. Um, nor do I want to rise to prominence on a bullshit scandal around me being called a monkey. Right. I want people to come to this page or this, these platforms looking for either perspective or a certain type of conversation. And so um, a year later, I am so grateful for the many people who came into my life. There were tons of really, really dope people who did, who have and who will stick around. And I'm grateful for those relationships. I'm grateful for their support. It's been a tremendous year. Um... And I know now more than I ever have who I am and how my voice reverberates here in the low country. And um, yeah, uh, that part is unyielding and uncompromising. That part, I'm, I'm, I'm all Ida B. Wells on that. 
<laughs> I'm not compromising that much on, on on my voice. And if there's ferocity in my voice, um, that's that's gonna that's just gonna be something y'all gonna have to get get used to. Um, I'm I want to normalize black women, um, black women expressing their righteous anger. I want to normalize that not being seen as them being being bullies. And so I look forward to um, to continue to just use my voice and to calling out the bullshit when I see it. Uh, and uh, yeah, and moving forward. But uh, that dude that tried, you look sex offenders. Let me just let me just make a blanket statement. Hey, sex offenders, I don't want nothing you're offering, so you can settle down. Okay, you can stay off my Twitter. You are banned and blocked. Okay, it's not gonna work. Don't poke don't poke me, because you got a new season uh, coming up. So sex offenders, criminals, racists. Racist sympathizers. I'm not falling for it this year. Not it. And this is the, hopefully, I hate speaking of absolutes. Hopefully, this is the last time I'm going to talk about this dumbass show. Unless it's like someone really trying to get to know me and what happened. But I really could give a fuck about this show. Because the more attention you give it, the bigger it gets. This is This is the thing about reality television and social media negative attention is just as valuable to these uh networks negative attention is just as valuable has been just as commodified just as uh uh has been commodified just as aggressively as positive attention so no matter what you like so once you realize that that hate clicks and hate retweets and hate quote retweets those are all retweets. That's all engagement. And the more you thrash about and try to just wrestle this this thing, the worse it gets and the stronger it gets. And so they won't have my black ass to um they won't have my black ass responding to their bullshit. That I can promise. I might not say I, I okay, I won't go as far as say I won't talk about it again, but you goddamn right. If you see me post anything with southern charm in it, it it gotta be something either I haven't even posted about the positive, like the really good like Ira Madison from Crooked Media, his own private Substack um uh blog page that he has, right? He wrote about it and he broke it down really well. I didn't even share that. And that had my name in it. Um I'm just not gonna engage with it anymore on social media because that's what they want. And obviously by as I learned this weekend that's exactly what that person that convicted sex offender um, was trying to do was trying to get me to to weigh in and to respond and to do all this other stuff um, all for a plot line so I wish I had known how deep it really went Your reality TV is so scripted it's so fake y'all so please don't look at these women who hate who hate each other who go on vacation together um, don't look at that as anything remotely real do you do you guys go on vacation with people you hate do you go to brunch with people you can't you can't get along with? I don't. <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> so um, just know that all of that shit, they might be at real places. They might even have real babies. But trust trust you me, anything they do is incentivized and their production teams steer them in certain decision making. Yes, the Kardashians have perfected it. And all of these extra zealous shows are just following suit. All right. So... 
yeah, just um, if I could wrap up this entire episode of Mic'd Up that started with local news and headlines and ended with Southern Charm, if I could wrap this all up, I would just say, you know, uh, mind what you consume uh, in the public spaces, I guess in the media sphere, mind what you consume, take breaks when you need to, your concerns are real and valid, um, don't give racists too much attention unless you can bring them down. <laughs> um, and there's ways to really combat like the Catherines and the, the other rapists. There's ways to really go at them um, that are, are way better than social media beef, right? But yeah, mind mind what you consume, take breaks, and um, let's start getting real, right? Right. Let's start getting real. Let's start. Let's start talking to these elected officials running for office. Let's start at that next brewery stop. Right. Let old boy know. Right. Let Broham know what you're what you're really dealing with, what you're contending with, and how you, you want him to show up better. Hopefully, you'll be uh, making it known to him that he needs to show up better for Black Lives. Hopefully, you'll be doing that. Right. Um, but also, I want you to highlight the issues that are impacting you and your community the most. Right. Let's start making this thing deeply personal. Um, let's get beyond the headlines and start really taking, um, holding these uh, elected officials and these candidates. Let's hold them accountable and make your issues part of their policy. And um, everything else, everything else on social media, though, most of it is smoke and mirrors, y'all. So, so you know, take even, even some of the headlines, even some of the clickbait <laughs> from your favorite newspaper or news outlet. So, like, be discerning, be discriminating, be patient, be kind to yourself. Okay. I love y'all. Thank you for listening. I appreciate the support. All my, all my people out there, Gullah Geechee descendants, all my Gullah Geechee fam, y'all stay black.